This is the Real Good Podcast. My name is John Roebuck, and with me is Blake Curtis and Zoe Coldham. I forgot to do nicknames. <laughs> Blake, oh, yeah. Blake, Blake Coldham. Blake Curtis and Blake Zoe Coldham. Blake Coldham and Zoe Curtis is a good one, yeah. This is a unprecedented. Sorry. It's Killing uh, of a sacred John and <laughs> a sacred Blake. What a, what, a, what a rough start. Yeah. Uh, right. This episode is called Deer in the Podlights, and that's because we'll be talking about Yorgos Lanthimos's The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Here's a synopsis that we, I, found on Google. You guys didn't do anything. Mm. Dr. Stephen Murphy is a renowned cardiovascular surgeon who presides over a spotless household with his wife and two children. Lurking at the margins of his idyllic suburban existence is Martin, a fatherless teen who insinuates himself into the doctor's life in gradually unsettling ways. Soon, the full scope of Martin's intent, oh, this is long, becomes menacingly clear when he confronts Stephen with a long-forgotten transgression that will shatter his domestic bliss forever. Whoa, well done. Thank you, Liz. Uh, we should probably warn um, everyone that there will be spoilers involved in this podcast, so if you haven't seen it, uh, we'd recommend stop listening unless you like spoiling things for yeah. yourself. <laughs> um, well, I just don't think you'd understand a lot of things that we're going to probably talk about yeah, unless true. you see the film. Now, I was mm. going to um, segue uh, into you, Blakey, by saying that I'm currently afflicted with a cold yeah. and want to stop talking, but Zoe's afflicted with a cold as well and you're under the weather as well. So, Should we uh, just turn to Blake for the next hour? Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I think you, you're oh, our man, dear. Blakey. Yeah. Uh, go. Um, okay, well, where to start with this film? Um, I think what's really important about this film is that you almost need to have seen the director's other work to really kind of prepare yourself for what's about to happen. I think if you come into this film cold, you might be a bit like weirded out and I think it would be too weird for you to come back from. Now, so I, I highly recommend that you should see either Dogtooth, which is I think the first film he did. No. no he made... I know, I was getting them up as you were um, prattling on. Mm. Uh, a film called My Best Friend in 2001, then a film in 2005 called Kinetta, uh, and then in 2009 he made Dogtooth, and then he made a movie called The Alps in 2011 before The Lobster in 2015. Mm. And then Killing of the Sacred was this one after The Lobster. Because The Lobster was a huge film because he kind of started breaking into Western culture with that because he started having Western actors involved where a lot of... Dogtooth, anyway. I don't know about his other films, like whether they've had kind of Hollywood celebs in them or not. No, I think the, well, the Lobster was his first English language yeah. movie, and then this is his second. Yeah, which I think is a huge thing. So I personally love him because I'm very fascinated with his view on the world, and it's not my view. And so I like learning about how this man sees his surroundings. Do you know what? I, I think it's interesting you say that, that it's not your view and you welcome it because I. It's also not my view, and I really struggle with uh, mm. your. I've only seen Dogtooth and The Lobster, and I really struggle with connecting with the. I find his um, aesthetic, view, like quite. It's as his films aesthetically distressing, mm. Mm. Uh, and the content of his films is just so alien to me. And uh, I mean, it's not like I have to watch movies that I connect with on a personal level all the time. But the way he presents these alien, sort of, uh, or detached concepts that I don't understand is not a way that I can really um, digest easily. Mm. And I, 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 I see merits in all the films that I've watched of his, but I think the, the bottom line is I find them really difficult to watch. Mm. And I completely agree with that idea. It's just I think at the basis we probably have just a slightly different view and I can yeah. completely understand your point of view. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen any of his other films, so 
what you were saying before is probably very relevant to me because I sort of was watching this and just thinking like I could see that there was a very distinct style and maybe one that he'd done before and maybe it had worked a little better. I know that his other film was a more a yeah, comedy. The, lo- the Lobster was a huge hit. Um, but this just went straight over my head. It felt like a metaphor for something that I didn't understand and mm. it well, didn't really have the story behind it. You can't just have a film that's a metaphor. You have to have something else. I there. agree. Mm. Yeah, I, they're quite detached films. And I think um, um, the the stunted speech, I think, is something that's like a, a maybe something I can grab onto as an example of why the movie made me feel detached. Firstly, I think a lot of the way that people speak to each other makes the movie seemed like it was written by an eight-year-old. Mm. And it also makes it hard to connect with them because none of the people in the movie reflect reality. And I couldn't connect there was, uh, any, with anything that was happening to anyone because there was nothing human about any of the characters. Um, it was like aliens. Yeah, like it was. Like really speaking bad was. dialogue and, to each and, other. And I think beneath that there was actually quite an interesting film. But because there was that barrier, uh, I just couldn't grasp anything. And mm. I think it was sort of ironic that the opening shot was a shot of a human heart because I thought none of the characters were had human. Any heart, mm. Except yeah. perhaps Nicole Kidman, I thought. She was the only one that sort of had a foot firm in reality and had emotional reactions to things that sort of sort made of. Speaking of sense. That's a for me it was the, 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 the daughter. The daughter. Oh, the she daughter was the was most weird. Like, yeah. nah, for me, her wanting to go with him, even though all that he has done to but the, the family. But the way she talked to people was just bizarre. Yeah, but they yeah. all like, I think you touched on something that's quite good, is that you talked about the idea that it's written by an eight-year-old, and I completely agree with that, and that's why I like it, because I feel like I'm being told something from a child's perspective, and so he as a filmmaker is not talking to us, he's talking to the older generations and trying to maybe change some of their outdated ideas so that they can kind of see our way of life and you think you, you mean think he's talking from a kid's perspective he is because i think the only way you can talk to energy older generations and i'm finding this with my nana is to act like that you're still the child because otherwise if you talk down to them they don't really listen but what was he saying to all i don't people? think that i think what he, well he touched on for me a group of people who believe in this kind of sp- spiritual thing like for, for me it was this idea that like surely his character would not believe that his family's cursed and he had to kill one to be relieved of the curse i would think that a surgeon in that in our world would never ever believe that and so for him to suggest to me that there are people out there there are surgeons out there i don't know like he he's painting a a, a a society that I don't have any interaction with. I don't have any interaction with the super elite, so I don't know how they think. What about me and Zoe? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> we just chop liver. Yeah. Well, I'd yeah. say well, we're the super elite. That's it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting point because that's something that I thought about a lot was the fact that um, just the unbelievability of a surgeon um, thinking that a 16-year-old kid could have been causing the – his kids to lose yeah. their and I agree but I, and, that, and that, that was the their idea legs. and that's the idea that some people believe I, I think some families still out there believe that they're cursed and but that I, they I think are the thing going is, to surely like, it's I not even, a big enough idea to carry this film I think though. it is because I think as a society it's something that we need to kind of stay away from a little bit because I don't think that it's real so the thing the problem with that is though that the film it wasn't just showing a family that believes in curses it it showed a scenario that made a family believe in a curse. Yeah, exactly. Like by so actually really showing things that happen. Like correct, and they talked like children. So it's a... You think the whole thing is just like a... It's a, a film for like children. It's, for, it's a film for those younger teenagers to understand and not believe in that kind of... It's not targeted to us. 
And I think that might be the idea that maybe that's why it doesn't resonate with us. But I was able to see that it wasn't talking to me. It was talking to this elite. Not elite, but that's why I think it's interesting to see his work grow because the film that resonates most with me is Dogtooth. Mm. Like that I watched that for the first time. Blew my brains out about how smart it was about this concept of kids living under their parents' jurisdiction. And at the time, I was at an age where I could understand that and Mm. and understand what that feels like. And so that's why it really resonated with me. And so I understand now that this film is not targeted towards me. It's targeted to kids who are a generation earlier than me. And so what's it saying to to those kids though? It's saying this belief that we shouldn't believe that we're special because I think that is a dangerous idea because then we start to think that we can play God. And I think that's the concept because a lot of surgeons believe that they play God. Speaking of gods, the title... It's a reference to Greek mythology. I looked this up. I don't yeah. look super smart. Mm. So uh, uh, it, it refers to the story of King Agamemnon, who was the king who led the uh, assault on Troy in the Trojan War. Uh, and he offended the gods and was required to sacrifice his daughter. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right. It's Iphigenia. Wow. Uh, yeah. Sounds right. But I don't know what the hell that has to do with any of Like the, the movie, even if it was a metaphor, was so impenetrable to me. Mm. Like I, mm. not only was it impenetrable from a from an, an, an emotional connection, I didn't. I wasn't connecting any threads, and it wasn't uh, wasn't making me want to connect any of the threads. I wasn't sitting there like, oh, gee, I want to figure this all out. Mm. I just um, I didn't care, and the experience it made me feel uncomfortable, which may may have been the desired intention, but I didn't get enough out of it. To well, make the experience worthwhile. And yes. I didn't get enough out of it to care about what it was talking yeah. about. Yeah. If, I it, if anything, I think it might have just been a silly movie. I don't think a yeah, I don't think I think I don't think a film can just be um made unnerving just by putting, you know, music over the top and using imagery that's sort of disturbing. I think you need to have more than that. And if you take away the the sort of unsettling score and the, you know, weird shots. It would just be this really mundane film. But what about like the concept of like the wooden acting, acting, and that being a deliberate decision or, that they made? Yeah, I just like doesn't that kind of freak you out a little bit? Because that was the idea. I think is you said it didn't make um, the experience something worthwhile, and I don't think it is an an experience that's meant to be worthwhile. And I think Mother did it, and now um, this film has done it. They've now being like, okay, cinema is no longer just about feeling entertained and enjoying it you can also feel all these other emotions and i think that's what's happening now with film because you know dunkirk deliberately makes you feel uncomfortable but i think that's how Mother, that's been a thing with film for years but that's not a new story, thing with film there's movies there's old movies that like uh, aren't pleasant experiences a really good but example, that's the, that's their idea though a really yeah. good example that this film reminded me a lot of a bad version of it is the shining so the shining oh there was a lot of stanley kubrick yeah a lot of stanley kubrick like so a lot of films can do that, but they have they have the backing, they have that those interesting that characters, they yeah. have that story and then and then they put the surreal on top and it's like, wow, that's effective. But yeah. with this it just seemed like there was nothing beneath the surface. I think a lot of the the merits for this films were sort of Kubrick's merits. There was a lot yeah. of Kubrick's yeah. 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 down the corridor. Aesthetically like, yeah. the tracking shots were like um Danny um Danny Torrance in the tricycle, or even the tracking shots of him walking along the hospital were like, um, what's Tom Cruise's character's name? Bill Harford and Eyes Wide Shut. Mm. The music was quite similar to, to both the music in The Shining and yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. 
And, and going wide and then going really yeah. close all and of it, a sudden. Even Nicole Kidman's character was like had similarities to Alice Harford and Eyes Wide Shut. Mm. Um, I yeah. never pieced that together. But I oh, the whole movie, the, I was just thinking Eyes Wide Shut and The Shining. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's really interesting because yeah. for me, Stanley Kubrick leaves me cold. So it's interesting that you say that about, you know, Stanley Kubrick's um, kind of like this being a shit version of The Shining because I mm. almost think that this, for me personally, because I a lot of Stanley Kubrick's work left me cold, the only ones that really stuck with me are 2001 Space Odyssey and Spartacus. Oh, that's, that's really... A- 2001's playing at the Astra in a few weeks. We go see Should we go? <laughs> Absolutely. Do nah. you guys want to come? Everyone, if you'd like to All come. All of our listeners. <laughs> What's the you there, <laughs> Derek's definitely listening. <laughs> <laughs> Derek will be um, Derek will be stoked that this. Derek is liked fl- this film a lot. Yeah, Derek gave oh, it nine out of Derek, ten. Derek, get yeah. on here. Uh, but he didn't like Dunkirk. We've got to put it down. I can't, yeah. Advancing years, I think. Yeah. Let's see what you. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really weird way to segue. De- what Der- did you think of the actor, the one that's from Dunkirk and that was the sixteen-year-old boy in this? I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I found his performance very disconcerting, which I suppose was the intended effect. But I don't know how much of that was his performance and just how that guy behaves. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he did a good job. That's, that's, that's what yeah, scares I, I me. Yeah, I think it was effective. That's my point. That scares yeah. me that, that there are people out there that possibly act this way. He didn't draw me in though. I, the whole time I was thinking, yeah. wow, he's acting that part really well. That's good acting. But it wasn't like I wasn't I in there with him. I didn't feel it, yeah. Yeah. Like, and nothing, and he, oh, he's so gross. I, oh. I, I, I just couldn't. He's weird. That scene, spoiler alert, when he bites his arm. Oh, that, that was That was fucked. the bit where I was like, I, I lost, that was the bit where I was like, I, 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 which was weird. Even though they were talking really weird and they were really cold, I still sympathised with them because mm. I believed in that idea a little bit of like the idea of what they were presenting about sacrificing. Yeah. Um, and then that scene when he bit his arm, that was the moment where I was like, you've lost me. This is just Yeah. Do, do you know, and I think that was deliberate, you know. The one scene I actually yeah. got quite a lot out of, which was only very brief, was when Colin Farrell's character was um, sort of um, uh, telling his wife's character often he's like, I'm saying I'm not interested in your medical opinion. If you're if you're a wonderful dentist and if I got something wrong with my teeth, you'd be the first person I'd go to. Mm. But frankly, you know, you don't know any of what you're talking about and I'm not interested in what you've got to say about this. Mm. And it was the one sort of scene where he showed a bit of emotion. Yeah, emotion and, and um, flaw, a chick yeah. in the armor kind of. Yeah, thing. totally. Mm. And like then he went back to this sort of like deadpan weird Uh, yeah and i think derek was saying we might as well include sort of derek's opinion in this film uh, on this because he liked it but he (laughs) i think he found it quite funny uh and a lot of reviews i've read of this movie are saying so the debt there's this deadpan humor and i just could i I feel like it's either you're you're either you're either about the groundhog day scene with with the you didn't laugh at that no, it I, didn't seem real. It didn't. I only I, like I only find humor in things that you're like, oh, you could see that happening. That's but it's just like, yeah. I, I think humor is a real like what, one of the most specific things when it comes to individual personalities. Yeah, like, it is it, massive. It, it, it's a, it's really something that like I agree. Uh, you know, a great drama film will often be just a great drama film for everyone. Yeah. But so I think Dumb and Dumber's it's on my top ten of all time. And there's people that it just leaves cold. Well, there's Adam Sandler said something really funny about that concept. He said this idea that like because you know Adam Sandler's not really in favour anymore. Like we people look down upon him and he look down upon his humour. And he said in an interview, not us, Adam. <laughs> and he said all I've been doing is the same thing for the last 10, yeah, 15 it's just years. Yeah, people have changed. All this, yeah, then mm. my humour's changed and my humour's outdated. 
celebrated now. And I'm like, mm. that is an incredible insight to how like our society who cherished Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore has now moved on. Well, he's irrelevant. I think the thing yeah. with co- comedians is they sort of uh, often have, have one style of co- comedy. I mean, you think Adam Sandler came and then there was Ben Stiller and then there was like... Dave um, Chappelle, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld back but, like But I'm talking about these sort of movements of comedy and after sort of Ben Stiller, there was Judd Apatow's Lou- comedy. Louis C.K. And they keep on doing the same, um, same routine... Uh, because it's their style of comedy yeah, yeah. and then they can't do anything else. Yeah. And there's very few comedians that have really evolved. Well, it's a one-trick pony concept, you know. That's all it is. Uh, I thought that the um, the kid and Colin Farrell, it was really disappointing because they were both doing this deadpan thing. Their interaction was... Just no was, heart. There was, it, just, it just felt like really awkward and, and like... And weird. But and it was awkward. I thought, but I know, but not awkward in an interesting way. I just thought their characters just didn't, there was nothing there when they came together and it just, it, the, it was just kind of boring. There are some people that have awkward relationships. Oh, like I, I 100% agree with yeah. that. And I, and like people you and can, me, Zoe. People can, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can have a, a relationship in a film where people are awkward and. Or Blakey and everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't need that. Oh, yeah. Blakey, that was so awkward. Jesus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I love awkwardness in films, but this it, awkward's the wrong word. It was like uh, the characters had nothing to give each other and got nothing out of each other, w- and the the conversation went nowhere interesting. But that's my point. I think some people live like that. I think some people are in marriages and oh, in totally. Relationships. Oh, they, they, they are, definitely, but, but these no, characters different like real characters. I'm not talking about not the me. fact. I'm not talking about the fact that. That doesn't exist. I'm yeah. just saying that these specific as, as yeah. written characters, but that's why there I think was that's nothing what... to gain from from being around each other, and that was just really boring. Look at my new wristwatch strap. Yeah. I got it. Check. That's yeah, what you're talking but, but about. Yeah. That's what it's like in the elite kind of class. Like Show it's like a, well, it's like American uh, American Psycho. Like it's and he flips but, out over the business. Oh, that, that, that's so, different. so different. No, it's no. not. Yeah. Because that, that's like a cold character who I don't understand. And what they're doing is the same thing now. They're showing me cold characters that I'm not meant to understand, and they live in a world that I never interact. So did you, I'm actually um, I'm getting the vibe you didn't like the film sorry but I actually I'm struggling to gauge your yeah. reaction yeah. reaction yeah, yeah. what do you think I'd be curious to hear if you I think I like the way you've done your hair it's just getting <laughs> hot yeah. so I just um, have to pull it off I think you liked it I think you didn't love it and you loved these other films more but now that John and I really quite disliked it you're defending it that's, I think that's pretty accurate. But, but do you I, know, I didn't ding, actually ding, ding, dislike ding, ding, ding. it heaps. But, I, 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 I thought, I thought it was here okay. Here comes the punchline. Is that's, that's the way I felt about Mother as well. And it, it wasn't until I had this podcast and we discussed Your mother, mother is a wonderful woman. That I, <laughs> oh, Mother, don't ever leave me. Uh, have I become Norman Bates? <laughs> but, um, anyway, anyway, anyway. So anyway, it was the concept of, I would say, that this is my second favourite film of the year. Oh, after, what? After that mother. is so after wrong! What is this radio station become? First, Sound uh, effects. First Derek and Duncan. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Blake. Like, it's, come no, on. it's incredible. Yeah. It blew my mind. What? Yeah. I feel like you've Nothing gone up on blow. this film over the course of I this have, podcast. I have, and I wanted to stick to that. <laughs> what can I say? It's the greatest movie I've ever <laughs> I seen. It's number one in okay. the history of okay, films. Okay, okay. I'm not saying it's number one in the history of films. but And I also think there's lots of films still to come out for the year. I'm just saying at the moment it's sitting wow. second. So yeah. I reckon, you know, because I'm curious to see, there's lots of really good films coming out that I'm really looking forward to. Name one. The one, I forget the title of it, but it's the concept of two, oh, yeah, very two, convenient. Girls, two girls go to a commissioned flat 
and sounds like the start of a joke. Yeah, and they, there's a drug dealer they interact with. It's kind of like Moonlight, but it's more trailer trashy. Ooh. Al Moore showed it to me, and I'm fucking excited for that. Sounds film. like a real crowd pleaser. But it's like I I think we're gonna get a lot more interesting films where it's not always about just like entertaining. But th- there's been films like that since the silent era. Yeah, correct. And but I think they're more important now in society when where there's a lot more issues going on that we need to resolve. And that's why I think films have this ability. What, then make a film about nothing. No, it's just uh, just making a film. <laughs> we use it. We use films now to communicate. We use them to pe- make people understand what it's like life is like for us and what life is like for them. And so what's really fascinating is when you can make a film that... The empty people. (laughs) ...encapsulates a lot of different opinions, like Mad Max did. And that's why Mad Max, two years ago, was my favourite film. And I don't think there's been a film as good as Mad Max. Don't say until now. No, no. That's it, full stop. And so it's like... Wait, you think that's the best movie of all time? No, this is the best movie of all time. I'm saying to you is that was the best film that I'd seen in 10 years and I haven't seen anything to the standard of that since. And I, I agree think, with you about that. And I, and, too. that's why I'm more interested then not looking at being entertained and having a blockbuster. I'm more interested in let's talk about all the other stuff and being really sad and fucked and... But films Absolutely, but, the, but do it in a way Mother that people actually about. can... But, like, but no. like, that's not a revelation. Like they, for They're me, talking about like, like, like societal issues and like not being like... I agree, I agree, but like I, it's probably the first time that I'm old enough to understand some of those societal issues. And so it's like Sacred Deer is really fascinating because I didn't know people like this existed in the world. And I think this is where we differ, is I don't know if you guys believe that people like yeah, that do exist I would in the argue world. that these people were not real people. And, see, and what they were doing... They are, and that's what's scary. But like, what's scary? Just the only person that was scary and weird was the weird young guy. Everything else was kind of like. So you can either believe in two things from that film. You either believe that he, that kid was a genius and he was able to destroy this family that way. Or you believe that if you actually sacrifice one of your children or your family members, that some higher power, some God looks down on you. And so which one do you go for? Do you go for... The kid being a genius, or do you go for the God but, concept? We go for our top three because we're running out of time. Mm. Mm. Do you want to introduce I our top three, I do want to hear the end of this, so I'm sorry for no, speaking no, too no. much. No, you didn't. It's oh. fine. You You're off the podcast, man. <laughs> spoke the perfect amount. Yeah. First Derek, then you. Oh. And I then found you'll this go top next. three really hard. I like your dance. So Zoe's the, doing the that. Yeah, it was a good <laughs> dance. It was a little this sway. And then you just did it without saying anything for a while. It's called the... Yeah, you should. Anyway. You should if only that. this was a visual uh, sort of video cast. Yeah, video, vi- video it, podcast. Um, this week's top three is um, films with animals in the title, which is hard. Like, I don't know. It was. I was like, um, babe, pig in the city, maybe. But this was, <laughs> that was I, not this, one. I of reckon them. this was the easiest top three. Really? I, reckon, I agree. I reckon this is the easiest. Yeah. Ever which and makes I'm, me think maybe you're kind of stupid. Maybe. Ooh, <laughs> referee, that was crack the whip on that. Okay, so I'll just do no, mine always, after that. Zoe's smart ass. And I actually don't have an animal in one of them because I couldn't think of it, so it's kind the, the of matrix. an animal. <laughs> <laughs> the matrix. Uh, so Rumblefish, Ooh, which is oh, good choice. Good You're choice. just a sucker for young Mickey Rourke, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Uh, that's a really good film by Francis Ford Coppola with Mickey Rourke and Matt Dillon. I've still and yet to see it. Yeah, you should see it yeah, so you know, can tell I me. I don't think anybody you, else has seen you it. You recommended so it to me so many years listeners ago. Listeners out there, have a watch. Let me know. Send through a tweet. Uh, Elephant Man, number Ooh. two. I love that film. I think it's great. Really? I haven't yeah. seen it since I was in high school, I think, and it was just I kind of know. like... 
I just, full on for a 14 year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just like it. I feel so sorry for him and it's just, you just get really into it. And my third one, which isn't an animal, is Grizzly Man. Do that's I, a, do a, I get yeah. away with that? I'm going to get away I, with Grizzly. Like grizzly yeah. Bear. Grizzly yeah. Bear. That's yeah. a great yeah. movie. So Grizzly Man is a doco about um, a guy that lives with grizzly bears and it's by Werner Herzog. And <clears throat> spoiler, he ends up getting killed by the um, grizzlies and there's recordings of it, but they never play it. But it's just, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Anyway. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Blakey, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so I've got lots of different lists because I wasn't sure what classifies as an animal. you could think of so many oh, and no. I could all only right, think right. of so two. I'm just saying, okay, so my question is, is a dragon an animal? Oh, that's a good yes. question. It's a mythical animal. Yeah. 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 We'll so we're allowed. Part. Yeah, we'll yeah. pay dragon. Oh, excellent. All right, sweet. This one time we'll let you use dragons <laughs> yeah. in your top three. Never again. Well, yeah. if it wasn't dragons, it'd be 12 monkeys and Roger Rabbit. But I it is dragons, so yeah. leave those two out those of it. Those are mate. sick. Those, those films are fucking Twelve awesome. Monkeys is great. It's awesome. And okay, and so, for, but the TV show was terrible. They did a remake of that like a year oh. or two ago, Twelve Monkeys, and it was putrid. It's a TV show. Oh, yeah, stay away. It was poison. It's and crazy because normally TV shows and movies are so great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> not true. <laughs> All right, okay, so then my top two uh, first one is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, good one. But it already had. Tiger, so you're no, safe the, anyway. I, it was the next one. It's the <laughs> okay. next one. That Does I was Crouching count as an animal? <laughs> I feel like you've already given five. No, so the first one is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. I remember watching that at a young that age where it blew awesome. my brains. Like yeah. that presented like ideas in the Matrix that I saw a little bit younger first. Do you know that movie's sick. got my favorite love story in any film? The un, you know like the uh, yeah the pre- Chow Yun yeah. Fat and Michelle Yeoh and like they're in love but they can't really act upon it because yeah. she was the ex-partner of his old fighting partner. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's I, awesome. my favourite love story in any film. It's and I'm, so good. I'm quite a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> we should, I want to rewatch that again. I haven't watched that for years. I'll rewatch it with you. Yeah? Yeah. Sick. Maybe. All right, and then <laughs> the other one is Enter the Dragon. So that's oh. the one with the dragon title. Yeah. How good's the bit where like the guy like shows up? Oh, I won't. It's it's, it's that sick. movie's awesome. If you haven't seen yeah. Enter the Dragons with Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee at his prime and he's with nunchucks, this fucking scene and it is off its tits, and yeah. it's what influenced Kill Bill. Yeah, because well, uh, he's there running was a, around in that yellow track. No, suit. no, that's uh, that's not Enter the Dragon. Oh, no, that's, that's a Tower one. of Death yeah. or something. Yeah, um, those films watching, are sick. Watching Enter the Dragon reminded me the first time I watched Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and I was like, okay, that's why Clint Eastwood's so famous. Mm. Watching Enter the Dragon, it was like, okay, Bruce Lee is like the tits. Like, <laughs> like J- Jackie Chan is an incredible stunt man, but he'll sort of dance around you. Bruce Lee will just kill you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like the story, I always remember the story, and I never knew if it was true that he used to just go onto the street at a young age, like at 14, 15, and just pick fights because he just wanted to get better at like his craft. Mm. And I was like, fuck. Like, poor bastards he picked the fights with. Uh, I know. <laughs> and like, just like walking down the street, had a shit day at work, and Bruce uh, Lee picks a fight <laughs> with you. <laughs> That'd be the shittest day ever. That'd be awful. But um, if he was your mate, though. Well, yeah, well, but that'd like, be even worse. Oh, yeah, then you'd be true. like that cockhead <laughs> yeah, with the mate who picks fights with people. Yeah, well, maybe it's good that he's on films. Maybe we'll, we'll leave Bruce Lee in films. Rest in peace, oh, Bruce I Lee. Just Wait, the Crow. That was a, another Do you have one. a third one? With oh, Brandon Lee, Bruce yeah. Lee's the Bruce Crow. Lee's yeah, I feel that's like the third. You've no, no, been... he's done six. Hold on, we're running out of time. Okay, the Crow is my third. It is sick. Go check it out. Is the good? That, that was your sixth or seventh. I apologize. I got swept up. Ten by Blake. You got swept up. 
my number three is Reservoir Dogs. I knew it. Uh, Good one. I didn't even think of that. I'm not huge on Quentin Tarantino, but I remember the first time I watched that film, it absolutely blew me away. And you uh, were 11 at your grandma's house. What? Was 11? I? No. That oh. is young. No? What story else are you How thinking about? <laughs> That is Tavis Urquhart. You stay away. He loves that. He loves that. He messaged me. I think you're reading his diary. Stop reading my diary. (laughs) Stay away from my grandma. And if you're going to read my diary, get it right. (laughs) Tavis just messaged me a couple of uh, minutes before we started this podcast. Hello, Tavis. I don't think you've listened to this podcast. So you'll miss out on this reference. Uh, My second is The Fly, David Cronenberg. Oh, I forgot about that. I'm going to say an insect's not an animal. What the hell? You have different enclosures at the zoo. You've got... You've got okay. I'm yeah, joking. Like, I'm joking. Okay. You're joking. <laughs> slash. You, you just down, realized son. you were very wrong. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I had the I dying bell Blakey's the never butterfly. been wrong. I had the dying bell and the butterfly. And you took it off because you thought just, an insect wasn't an animal. Blakey's <laughs> never been wrong. Case in point, his opinion about the movie we're talking uh, about. Uh, and my number one is Raging Bull, of course. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> Someone's top three was the best. Yeah, I thought mine would be good. How did you do that? I googled uh, movies with animals in the title, and, how was and there was a whole, there was a website where people just listed. How them. is the animal not in there? Surely what? that's number the, in the top three. Remember that terrible film with Rob Snyder? Where oh, oh that, yeah. is that is such a bad. Do you remember the Rob Snyder era where he was like, oh, yeah. one he was like became a girl, the Bigelow, hot chick. Yeah. Hot chick, Bigelow. Let's, let's not end with oh, Rob. We're, we're out of time. Let's not end with Rob Schneider. Yeah. Blakey, I want to hear your, your final, very brief comments on Killing of the Sacred Deer. Um, I reckon if you're going to go check it out, you should see at least one of his other films. Um, just That's to a good prepare call. yourself. That's a yeah. good point. Um, mine, I'm, I, was I, I didn't ask you, Zoe. <laughs> I, was, I was disappointed in it and I was actually really excited because the trailer was cool, but it didn't stand up. Yeah, I... Um, I liked a lot about it and I really didn't like a lot about it and I, it frustrated me because I ended up not liking it. But I, I actually think it was really pers- – this, this film spoke to people's personal tastes, I think, more so than maybe other films. So there are some people who maybe what Yorgos Lanthimos is trying to say, it will really connect with them and other people it won't, maybe. I don't know. I'm generally right about everything. This has been a real good podcast. For more film stuff, go to realgood.com.au. Also, like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. We do this for free. Uh, well, I make millions and I just don't share it with the others. So oh. they do it for free. And uh, and it's nice to support people. If you're enjoying our content, content, support us. Otherwise, you know, who are you? Thank you, Blakey. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Zoe. Thanks. Uh, no, yeah, thank you. Yeah.